You are Locked On Clemson, your daily podcast on the Clemson Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, Clemson Nation? And welcome into today's episode of Locked On Clemson. Happy Tuesday. Glad to have you with us. First up, we're going to be previewing tonight's matchup between the Clemson men's basketball team and the Virginia Tech Hokies with my main man, Terrence Oglesby, of the Let It Fly with T.O. podcast. Super excited about that. He's going to get you guys ready for the game with his thoughts on the matchup, players to watch for, maybe even a score prediction. After that, we're going to dive into the Clemson running back room. We're going to take a hard look at Travis Etienne this season. We're going to look at the rotation that we're seeing play out and talk about what it might look like next season. Lastly, with all the head coaching vacancies popping up, is this finally the year that Clemson loses a coordinator? I'll walk you through that and more coming up on the Locked On Clemson Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Ellis Tolbert. Follow me on Twitter at Ellis Tolbert. That's E-L-L-I-S-T-O-L-B-E-R-T to continue the conversation. Love to have you. As always, be sure to subscribe to the Locked On Clemson Podcast for free, and you can find that wherever you find your podcast so that you can get the newest episodes as they drop five days a week. We're going to be doing this all week, folks. Today's episode is brought to you by the fine folks at Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON. You'll get 20% off of your next order. That's promo code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, and you'll get 20% off of your next order. I had the absolute pleasure of chatting with one of the brightest and -and up-and-coming college basketball analysts, Terrence Oglesby. He's a former Clemson basketball player and grad assistant. He's had numerous coaching stops as well as playing pro basketball, as well as analyst positions along the journey. And now he's the host of the Let It Fly with T.O. podcast. Here's his thoughts on tonight's men's basketball matchup between the ACC foes Clemson Tigers and Virginia Tech. Hey, Terrence, thank you for joining the show tonight. Do you prefer Terrence or T.O.? Uh, whatever makes you happy is T.O., Terrence. Uh, I'm good to go wherever. Your choice. <laughs> Awesome, man. So, of course, the Tigers will be taking on the Hokies tonight in Blacksburg at 6.30 p.m. Eastern. Looks to be a pretty big showdown. For the listeners who are not up to date on the men's basketball team, can you tell us a little bit about the identity of this year's basketball team? They've started out pretty hot, 5-0. The main identity, as far as a Brad Brownell team, a Brad Brownell coach team is concerned, is defense. But they're doing it different this year. So, what does that mean? They're pressuring the, the opposing team's point guards 94 feet the entire game. Nick Honor has added a jolt that hasn't been seen in a long time to this Clemson, both defense and offense. And they're so deep, they can maintain that pressure for 40 minutes, even against a team like their last game against Alabama, who's averaging close to 80 points per game. They were able to hold them to in the mid-30s in the first half and about, I want to say, 26 or 27 in the second half. This is a team that's long. They can guard. And just because they have those two lightning-quick point guards in the backcourt with Alamir Dawes and Nick Honor, it changes the tempo of the game. It changes the dynamic of the game for opposing coaches because that entry into the offense doesn't help things. Yeah, Nick Honor has been balling out of his mind. Uh, so for some keys to the game, what do you think? What are your opinions on some keys to the game, things that Clemson need to do to win this? Well, as far as Virginia Tech's concerned, it's a team that shoots the ball really well. They have one bad loss, and that was against Penn State. But Penn State just had one of those nights when they didn't miss. Uh, what, what do you get into when you play a Virginia Tech team? And Mike Young team in particular is you're going to have shooters all over the, all over the floor. So 
it's really going to come down to communication defensively because they're going to take care of the ball. Wabisa Bede, their point guard's a senior. He was one of the leaders in the country last year in assist to turnover ratio, so he's not going to give it up a lot. But if you're dealing with stress for 40 minutes, he's going to give it up a couple of times. You know, they have Cartier Diara, a transfer from Kansas State, a West Florence native who's a dynamic scorer, but he, he's prone to turn it over a little bit. But the ball pressure should be should uh, play into things. Last year, they could kind of sit back and observe. But Clemson's communication, uh, especially on these stagger screens that the Hokies love to run uh, for their shooters, Jalen Cohn in particular, who shot up, upwards of 50% from three last year. Uh, they have guys all over the court, and communication is going to be key. That's going to be one. Number two, you have to keep them off the free throw line. They haven't had a game this year where they've where they've made less than 15 free throws. I think that's massive. If Clemson can keep them off the free throw line, I don't know that they're going to be as good a scoring team this year because they've struggled. But if they can keep them off the free throw line, it'll help things even more. Offensively, it's still very much the same. Mike Young, he coaches them well. They're going to play defense. But – their rim protection is not great. Even with the, even with the Iowa transfer, Cordell Pimsel, and the Wofford transfer, Kive Aluma, they still don't protect the rim very well. So you can you still have the athletes to get in there and finish. And really, this is a defensive-oriented team who have been able to turn defense into offense pretty consistently throughout the course of the season. And that's what's going to bring one home for them uh, coming back from Blacksburg. Oh, yeah, that's definitely something Clemson's going to have to watch out for this game. But since you mentioned it, rim protection, what is a matchup that you're most excited for in this game? There's a lot of different kind of storylines and things that go along within the game. What's a matchup that you're most excited for? Amir Sims and Kive Luma, uh, Luma, the Wofford transfer, who I talked about earlier, he's one of the more improved players since the last time he stepped on the floor. Him redshirting last year obviously helped his offensive development. And Amir Sims has been unbelievably effective when he's been able to stay out of foul trouble. Uh, Amir's, the best part about his game is he's kind of a settle down guy for the rest of the people on offense. And they're going to need him to stay in the game because Blacksburg, even empty, is a difficult place to play. And uh, the, the longer that Amir stays on the floor, obviously, the better it is. And everybody knows that I'm not letting some big cat out of the bag. But those two in particular, Aluma's long. He's a good defender. Amir has developed his uh, face-up game and ability to get to the rim. Those are two guys that there's marked improvement from year to year, and uh, they're old now. So it's two old guys battling it out, and I look forward to that probably more than any other matchup. My second matchup, though, is going to be Nick Honor and Wabisa Betty, their point guard. Those two, with Betty takes care of the ball so well, and Honor pressures the ball so well, I feel like, and it's strength on strength, they're both built like tanks. I think Betty's pretty, uh, a little bit bigger, but those two right there, it's going to be a 40-minute battle. And it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, I definitely agree with you about the Nick Honor matchup. Uh, He's brought a different kind of bravado to both the offense and defense of this Clemson basketball team. Super excited about him. But I guess while I got you here, man, tell me, what is a score prediction? I know a lot of people don't like to do this, but I'm going to put you on the spot right here. What is your score prediction for tonight's game? I do not have a score. I told you I was going to put you on the spot, man. Like to uh, Clemson's the one team that I liked it. The, the problem is, is I tend to be a homer whenever I pick scores, and uh, I don't particularly. I, I'm not very good at that. So, uh, especially when it comes to Clemson games, everywhere else I do a fair fair job of uh, picking winners and losers against the spread. But for the Clemson Virginia Tech, look, they're both very good teams. 
Uh, Virginia Tech, their one loss has come against a team that couldn't miss on the night. Clemson's defense is one of the best in the country. I would venture to guess top – according to Kim Palm, they're top ten. I would venture to guess it's one of the top five defenses in the entire nation, especially when that point guard pressure is up. The only thing they really don't have is a big physical rim protector, and they do have some rim protection with John Bear. But as far as the score predictions go, I'm not going to do that, Ellis. I'm sorry, Big E. I'm sorry, baby, but I uh, I can't do that for you. I can't do that. <laughs> no, nah, man, I feel that. I feel that. And, and honestly, it is really hard to do a prediction uh, when it comes to basketball games. They go up and down. Everything fluctuates. I think no one ever saw Virginia Tech getting blown out by Penn State like that. But, you know, it is what it is. I think Clemson's defense is playing more stout as of late being able to stop some of the better scoring offenses in the country. I think that Clemson's going to probably win this game 70 to 58. I'm just going to go ahead and put that out there. I'm probably going to be super wrong, but it is what it is. Again, I just like Clemson's defense. But Terrence, while I got you here, go ahead and tell everyone where they can find you on the internet. You know we need more of that T.O. stuff. <laughs> well, you can find me on uh, YouTube, Let It Fly with Terrence Oglesby, uh, YouTube show and podcast. It goes through YouTube, Facebook. It goes through Twitch. Uh, it's a little bit new of a new endeavor, and it's been a lot of fun so far. We, we've talked a lot of basketball, and I, I mostly focus on Clemson basketball. So let it fly with Terrence Oglesby on uh, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch. Get it while you can, Thursdays at 7 p.m. Coming up next, we're going to be talking Clemson running backs. We're going to talk about what's going on with Travis Etienne. It's been a little quiet lately. We're going to talk about the rotation as it is in the running back room and what it might look like next season. You're listening to Locked On Clemson, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. But before we get into that, though, I have a question for you. How do you like to hit the reset button and get ready for what's next? That's kind of a deep question, man. Like, how do you do that, right? Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit reset. When you do that, that's when you reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. It's like the boat that will take you to chill town. There's literally only one beer out there that's made to chill, and that is Coors Light. You put it in your hand, you turn into some, like, ice god, Sub-Zero from Mortal Kombat or something. Look, Coors Light wants you to know that no matter what sports are on this fall, Saturdays are your time to chill. Even if your team isn't playing this year, there's still plenty of teams and sports on TV that can give you that excuse to chill and just drink a beer. Hopefully that beer will be Coors Light. Coors Light is the official beer of watching any sport just to drink the beer. It's delicious. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Coors Light is cold lager, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. I'm going to say this like a million times. It's as crisp and as refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for the moment to unwind and just be a slob and watch college football. The perfect time for me to grab an ice cold Coors Light is around halftime. You never know how the game's going to go. You're always up and down, but I always know that the Tigers are going to come through, and I know that this Coors Light is going to chill me out. So Coors Light is the one that I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit that reset button, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door at get.coorslight.com. And always remember, my friend, celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Coming up on Wednesday, we're going to be taking a deep dive into the state of the Clemson offense and things that they need to do to be successful in the postseason. We're also going to be talking about linebacker depth, and we will be doing a recap of the Clemson-Virginia Tech men's basketball game. Be sure to tune in right here on Wednesday on Locked on Clemson. Let's go ahead and talk about the running back room for the number three Clemson Tigers. And of course, it's led by the All-American 
all ACC statistical leader, the most accomplished decorated running back in Clemson history. That's Travis Etienne. He might even actually be the best running back in Clemson history. That's crazy when you consider the company that he's in. I'm talking guys like Terrence Flagler, old greats like Raymond Priester, James Davis, and C.J. Spiller himself. I don't even think C.J. Spiller would disagree with that because of the stats speak for themselves. He's got about 4,796 yards rushing. That's tops for the ACC and Clemson history. He's got a whopping and incredible. Listen to me when I say this again. Oh, my God. He has a 7.2 yards average per carry. The guy's going to get a first down every single time he touches the ball. There's an audible gasp in the stadium anytime he touches the ball. They had to try to figure out how to replicate that this year with no fans in the stadium and other stadiums when Clemson plays because he is that explosive. He is a playmaking machine as reflected by his 68 touchdowns for his career. I think the closest guy in the ACC for that is Lamar Jackson. That's hilarious when you consider Lamar Jackson does not think he's a running back. But anyway, I digress. Travis Etienne is the best running back in college football. He returned for his season. Uh, you know, he didn't get the grade from the NFL that he wanted to go. So he wanted to come back and work on a few things. I think Dabo probably said, hey, man, you want to come back and work on these things? Tony Elliott, his position coach and the offensive coordinator said, hey, you got to work on some things. Pass protection. Biggest thing that we wanted to see out of him. But he ended up coming back, getting pretty good with that. He turned into a versatile machine. He can catch the ball now. He reminds me of Alvin Kamara. That's probably the best NFL player comp. The guy is amazing. However, you wouldn't know that this year because he's been relatively quiet for the last few games. There's some reason for that. We'll get into that as well. But Travis Etienne still, in my opinion, is the best running back in Clemson history. Why? Because he is a weapon that is still at the disposal for a guy like Trevor Lawrence. We're going to see this happening. He's still got left some things left in the tank. We've got the ACC title game coming up this Saturday. He has potential playoffs that he can get into and really shine for himself and make some money for the NFL. So let's go ahead and talk about it. But again, he's been relatively quiet, and that's due to a couple of factors. One, very, very inefficient running game for Clemson this season. We've seen it before in the past. They've had issues running the ball. Sometimes it starts up front. The interior Clemson offensive line has not been where it needs to be this season on a consistent basis. They've had some very, very good games. You look back to Virginia Tech, really, really good in that game. But a lot of people were kind of like, what's going on with this team? Why are they running the ball so much? They wanted to reestablish dominance in the run game. You have to do that to be able to be balanced. This is something that Clemson wants to do. They're better when they're balanced. This is pretty much a rule for all college football. Plus, I think Travis is dealing with a little bit of an injury bug this season. Uh, he took a shot at the knee. Notre Dame has been a little bit hobbled since that, but I think he's back. Here's offensive coordinator Tony Elliott speaking on the matter. You know, towards the end of the game, he took a shot on his knee, um, but it was he played through it, but that was late in the game. Um, so so I would say, no, he wasn't banged up. Uh, I think the effects took place after after the game, but he played the whole game, and I think the shot he took on his knee uh, was, was deep in the game. He was able to play through it, and in the next couple of weeks, you know, he had to had to work himself back. Travis was good to me. Uh, you know, I thought that, that you saw it the last couple of games that he was was confident in it. When you look at the play uh, versus, uh, versus Pitt where he spins in the hole, uh, lets me know when he's comfortable. When I see him spinning, uh, then I know that he's back to, uh, to 100%. I'm just going to go ahead and put this very Captain Obvious statement out there, but I think that a 100% healthy and confident Travis Etienne, I think I don't even think that. I know that. A 100% healthy Travis Etienne puts fear in defensive coordinators' minds. It's just facts. It's just facts. 
This is why teams stack the box so often against Clemson. This is something that is not new for the Tigers. They've been dealing with this with the last four years. You got to stop Travis Etienne. You got to neutralize that run because we've seen games like 2018 Syracuse where he put it on his back and won the game on his own. He's that type of player. So I think we got to get back to that, but we haven't really seen it this year just because of a few things, most notably one. I don't think we've seen a consistently healthy and confident Travis Etienne for the 2020 season. I don't think anybody can disagree with that. I think Travis Etienne being out for a few games and this year being kind of wonky uh, messes up timing and some uh, rapport type deals with other players, and uh, especially along the O-line. Oh, oh, by the way, the O-line just being very lackluster, particularly along the interior offensive line. These guys have been very inefficient, just getting whipped at the line of scrimmage. That's unacceptable. you got to win this. Uh, but I do think that they're on the upswing. I think these guys are starting to finally gel. Tony Elliott is challenging these guys to play much better. This is why we saw them run the ball, like I said earlier, that much against Virginia Tech. You want to get confidence in these guys again. Get them in a upward swing going into the final phase of this football season. you got to get these guys playing good football because that's going to help out everyone. Against Notre Dame, you had approximately one yard per carry. That's awful. That's a terrible average. Uh, you couldn't run the ball at all. And remember, Heinish and Tonga Vailoa Amosa do not care about your youth or your inexperience or your guys not gelling yet. They just want to come after you. They're concrete heads. They want to bust everything up, and they're good at doing it. So you got to go after it. I do think, though, there are some things that I want to see Tony Elliott, and I'm sure he will do this going forward, get back to. And that's getting the running backs the ball in other ways. This is what he was doing earlier in the year when teams were attacking Clemson and stacking the box. They were throwing the ball to Travis Etienne. He was catching it. It was pretty much unstoppable. You had him out in the flats. You had him on hooks. You had him on curls. You even had him on a bang eight one time, and he scored a touchdown. This is very important. You get the ball in your best player's hands. You win the game. This is how you're going to do it. So I believe that these things are going to work itself out, and we're going to see this running back room get better. Speaking of the running back room, we're going to talk about the guys next up off the bench, and that's Lynn J. Dixon. Remember, for a while, we were kind of worried about what's going on. He just didn't look explosive like he did last year. Everybody's talking about regression. It is what it is. But now in his third year, coming back against Virginia Tech, he looked really good. He was moving well. He's got that bounce back to him. He was cutting well. His speed was there. Lynn J. Dixon will be a great player for Clemson in the future. I think he will be the starting running back when Travis Etienne leaves. Remember, he was going to be the guy before Travis Etienne came back, so I'm confident that he will play well for Clemson, especially if he plays anything like he did against Virginia Tech later on this season. I think Ches Malusi, four-star out of Naples, Florida, is a really good running back. He's starting to cement himself as a good backup for Clemson. He could be... Uh, pushing for a starting spot next year. He runs very low. It reminds me of Zach Brooks, former Clemson running back. Just very, very strong runner. I really like seeing a guy like Darian Rincher come out there and get a touchdown run. He's not the most athletic or the fastest or whatever running back at Clemson, but he plays with heart. He's a great leader for this team, and he just gives them boost. I mean, everybody was amped after he scored that touchdown because I think everybody thought he was going to get caught from behind. That just didn't happen. And then you got Pace and Dukes. These guys are also good change of pace running backs. <laughs> no pun intended, but seriously, these guys are going to be great. And then you got to think about the next season, bringing in five-star, number one overall running back, Will Shipley out of Weddington High School. He's going to be a great player. He's like that Christian McCaffrey type player. 
Clemson is going to be able to use him, especially if they're putting in pass packages for running backs like Tony Elliott seems to have done earlier in the year. And you have Phil Moffat coming in ready to play. He's that big bruiser like James Davis. He's going to be able to give us rotation. Good change of pace yet again. He's got speed to him too, so don't sell him short on that. But you know what? Clemson's running back room is going to be fine. I think going forward, starting this weekend, we're going to see a revival of Travis Etienne, and that's going to bode well for the Clemson Tigers in the future. In the next segment, we're going to talk about the coaches. Will we see one of them leave for another job? Of course, all these jobs are opening up. I've even heard people talking about when it first opened, Tony Elliott going to the Carolina Gamecocks, and that would have been a complete dumpster fire. But anyway, we'll get through that and more. But before we do that, I want to tell you about my friends over at Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. Seriously, friend, trust me. Listen to me. They have improved the Built Bar flavor. It's even more deliciouser now. Seriously, I know I said deliciouser, but that's how serious I am about it. They've got 18 amazing flavors, including nut and non-nut flavors. They've got six new flavors I'm going to tell you about right now. Caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, which is the one that I endorse. It's amazing. Lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. It's amazing. These bars are so soft. They're 100% covered in chocolate. They're easy to chew. And the best part about it is they're healthy. They are great for the health conscious guy or gal that I know that you are. You've been out there putting in work in the gym. It's going to help you lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. You want this. They're low in calorie, low sugar, high protein for those muscles that you're working on and high fiber. Great for the keto diet. For instance, of how good it is for you, look at the flavor profile of my favorite, Cherry Barcia. 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, that's nothing. Four grams of sugar to just four grams of net carbs. That's going to keep you in keto if you're doing it, man. And look, right now I'm going to tell you an even cooler thing. You're going to get a free cooler with purchase while supplies last. That is a tight deal. So make sure to go over to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get 20% off of your next order, as well as a free cooler to put all of your crazy delicious Built Bars in. Use promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. NBA fans, listen up. The Locked On NBA podcast is getting you ready for the start of the regular season with a special week of team preview podcast all this week. Plus, waiver wire additions from the Locked On Fantasy Basketball and rookies to watch from draft guru Chad Ford. I'll be tuning into the preview of Locked On Magic. Subscribe to the Locked On NBA podcast wherever you get your podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. We're all in at Locked On Clemson. Ah, yes, it's that time of the year again. The coaching carousel is upon us, and we've seen some of the coaches around the league go ahead and bite the dust. That must mean one thing, though. I can smell it in the air right now. It's the which Clemson coach is going to leave game show. This is the show where people throw Tony Elliott and Brent Venable's names and hats for jobs that are below their value or a completely lateral move. I just don't understand. I mean, we've even heard everything from Tony Elliott going to South Carolina to Dabo going to the Jets. That is literally never going to happen. The worst take I've ever heard next to the Jaguars thing or going to Alabama because, hey, he might as well. He's from Alabama. Uh, whatever. It's a dumb take. But anyway, this happens literally every year, and I don't quite know if it's compliment that people think that our coaches are worthy of coaching their cesspool programs, or if it's people thinking that Clemson is a podunk town with literally nothing to offer its leaders. But you know, all things must end. And you know, over the past few years, we have had assistants leave 
to other schools or programs or organizations, whether it's D-line coach Marion Hobby to the NFL or Chad Morris to SMU to Arkansas and whatever he's doing right now, maybe hoping he gets the job at Auburn. I I don't know what's going to go on with there. To most recently, Jeff Scott at South Florida. So what are the odds that Brent Venables, Tony Elliott, or Dabo himself leaves Clemson in the very near future? We're going to talk through that right now. We're going to get through this nonsense. Stick with me. We're going to start with a guy, Tony Elliott. Broyles Award winner. He's always up for the running. Last year it was Georgia Tech. Everybody was like, oh man, this guy should get Georgia Tech job. This guy downplays jobs more than anyone I've ever seen in my life. He's really good at doing it. He's told his family, hey, don't even talk about me on social media. I don't want to talk about other jobs. I have a job to focus on right now, which he does in the last segment. I just talked about getting that running back room healthy again, getting that offensive line playing well again, and getting this Clemson offense ready to go. We'll talk about that tomorrow's episode this coming Wednesday. I don't think he's going to go anywhere unless it's something like USC. Why would he not want to go there? He's a California guy. Uh, You'd get to work with a guy like Keaton Slovis. Uh, That's a good job. However, Clay Helton is super hot and cold. The moment that he gets the hottest, he'll beat someone that he's not supposed to, and then they cool off on him. So I don't know when he'll ever get fired. I don't know if he ever will at USC. I don't know. Somebody tell me about it. But it's just one of those things where I think Tony Elliott is looking for the right job, not just a job. Then again, that is a very high-profile job. I'm not exactly sure that that would be the best job for him to go straight from Clemson to. Uh, a lot of stakes there. The, sh- the lease would be very short, and that's not something that you want as a new head coach. At the same time, I don't think necessarily going to a very small school just to build your resume is going to help you. We've seen a lot of these coaches from smaller schools go to bigger schools and just not succeed, but they were very good at the smaller schools. I look to a guy like Butch Jones, who has now been named the head coach at Arkansas State. Uh, he came down from Cincinnati to Tennessee, was awful. And you look at a guy like Willie Taggart when he was at USF, when he was like Western Kentucky, he was doing well, went to Oregon, very small sample size, but didn't do very well while he was at Florida State. In fact, he got fired in the second season. They came out with all kind of money that they apparently didn't have, but just made come out of air to fire this guy. So I think Tony Elliott needs to be very, very judicious with his selection of coaching jobs. And I think that's exactly what he's doing to me until a, the right job shows up. I think he's going to be stuck at Clemson uh, running this offense. I can say the same for Brent Venables. Uh, Brent Venables has been looked at for a lot of different jobs. When Oklahoma opened up, everyone said, hey, he should go back to Oklahoma. Well, the first thing I would say to that is Oklahoma should have never let this man leave anyway. Uh, They've been paying for it defensively for a long time. This guy has literally been the reason why Clemson is now elite. They had the defense, and then they had a lackluster offense, and then they got the offense better with Chad Morris, and they still had a lackluster defense, and then they brought in – Brent Venables, and now you're seeing them win national championships. They never should have let him go in the first place. Brent Venables seems very content at Clemson. He's got two sons there, still with eligibility for the long term. Of course, Tyler just signed with Clemson and got in his freshman year. I don't see Brent leaving. In fact, I think Brent would rather stay at Clemson. So if Dabo Sweeney somehow decides to leave, He would get the head coaching job at Clemson. So, again, I don't see Brent Venables leaving. And when it comes to this Dabo nonsense, again, the knock has always been Dabo's going to leave Clemson when Nick Saban retires. And I don't understand that either because why would you want to leave Clemson? You have built essentially another powerhouse in the model of Alabama 
Why would you leave there to follow up Nick Saban? That's dumb. He can do that at Clemson, and he's doing a pretty dang good job with it. I say he has two national championship wins over the man, and the last one was a blowout. I don't know what's going to happen if they meet up this year, but we'll see. But, hey, I just don't think that people think with their brains when they talk about these coaches leaving. It has to make sense. Dabo Sweeney is never going to leave for the NFL. That's not something that he wants. Brent Venables, if he leaves, it's going to have to be the most perfect job. He could have went back to his alma mater at Kansas State when they needed a job, and they ended up getting Chris Kleiman. So it doesn't matter. And Tony Elliott could have had a job years ago. So I think if these guys want a job, they can get one, but it has to be the right one. You're not going to be able to just throw any job out there and these guys are going to run. They're on a championship run right now. This is the best time in Clemson football history, and they are the architects of that. They are the ones that are leading the movement. So I don't understand why they would leave unless it's the absolute right job in the absolute right circumstances. So far, to me, nothing looks better than making a lot of money, over a million dollars, at Clemson to call plays and win national championships. Look, I get it. You want that job because you want that next promotion. But this is part of why Clemson's culture is so good. They have such good job retention. If guys are gone, Debo's knowing they're going to leave beforehand. He was calling USF for Jeff Scott, but he always has a plan. He brought up Brandon Streeter to take the place of a guy like Jeff Scott. These things are in place. The stability of that coaching staff is why Clemson is so good right now. They're getting the recruits that they're getting because of their stability. You're not going to get a team uh, to be consistently good when all your coaches are constantly going away. Look at LSU, Joe Brady, uh, Dave Aranda. Both of those guys left after the national championship season, and now the best that they can do is muster a four- and five-year after they had one of the greatest college football seasons ever. That stability and keeping Clemson insistence is why Dabo is at the top of the game right now. Now, even if they do leave, I could see some other guys leaving potentially. Nobody wants to talk about Mike Reed or Mickey Kahn getting a job or Lemansky Hall going somewhere or Todd Bates or, you know, they don't want to talk about those things. Or even Brandon Streeter, he could be an offensive coordinator, someone right now. But they don't want to talk about that. They always want to talk about Tony Elliott and Brent Venables and Debo himself. Let's talk a little bit more about that, man. We got to get these guys in there. Get some credit for the other guys behind the scenes that are doing it. J.P. Losman, one of the quarterbacks in uh, for Tulane a long time ago. He's been on Clemson staff forever. He could get a job somewhere. These things are not exclusive to just Tony Elliott, Dabo Sweeney, and Brent Venables. So get that through your head. They're not going anywhere, especially not during a national championship run. Get that out of your head. But that about does it for this edition of Locked On Clemson. Coming up tomorrow... On Locked On Clemson, we're going to be talking about the Clemson offense, some things that they can do to get better for the postseason. We're also going to be talking about the linebacker depth. There's been some injuries there, so we want to know who's going to make the most impact in the playoffs for Clemson, should they make it. And we're going to be doing a recap of the Clemson men's basketball game versus Virginia Tech. Hopefully we get a good win tonight. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at Ellis Tolbert. That's E-L-L-I-S. T-O-L-B-E-R-T to get some more conversation going. I want to hear your thoughts and opinions. You can always email all your questions to LockedOnClemson at gmail.com. Most importantly, be sure to subscribe to the Locked On Clemson podcast. That way you can get all the new episodes as soon as they drop five days a week. You can find that wherever you find your podcast. 
for free as part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Now go check out Locked On Irish. Go find out what they're talking about. Report back to me. You know we got a big game this weekend, so we got to be ready on our P's and Q's. Have a great day and see you tomorrow. Go Tigers. Go Tigers.